Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly, and in this episode I'm joined by Jason Halliker. Jason and I met at the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. He's an assistant fisheries biologist with Virginia's Department of Game and Inland Fisheries. In addition to talking about his connection to the outdoors, we discuss the department's efforts to educate hunters and anglers about all of their opportunities in the Commonwealth. Jason's particularly excited about the newly launched Trout Slam Challenge. Keep listening for all of the details. But before we head on to the interview, I just want to thank all of our listeners and everyone who's taken the time to share a review in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Again, folks, if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Thanks so much. Now, on to the interview. Well, Jason, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Thanks, Marvin. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation, and we have a tradition on the Articulate Fly. I always ask all of my guests to share their earliest fishing memory. Yeah, I um, had to think about this one a little bit. I've, I've got a lot of good memories uh, fishing as a kid, um, especially with my dad. But um, I grew up in Bethel, Pennsylvania, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere in eastern Pennsylvania. And uh, my parents, you know, owned kind of a small uh, area of land out there, you know, 20 to 25 acres. And so there was no one out there. Um, so my my best friend was the creek in the backyard. So I was always out there splashing around the creek and catching crayfish. But, uh, uh, ironically enough, I lived just down the field from a trout farm. And so you'd think that my earliest memory would be fishing at that trout farm. And I do remember sometimes going down there and fishing there, but my most vivid memory was actually catching a bass out of a small pond called Lake Good. I was probably like five years old. And my dad took me up there to fish um, I think we were allowed to fish there. <laughs> He's, he always said that he had permission from the scouts, but I never saw any scouts around. So we went up there and we went fishing and, uh, we were just fishing for bluegill. I remember I had this tiny little like Zebco push button rod and we cast out, you know, a worm and catch some bluegill. And then, you know, we, we caught a couple and, and on like the fourth or fifth one, I remember just this pack of largemouth bass coming in after this bluegill it totally blew my mind. I'd never seen a bass before. And I, I swear they looked like a pack of wolves coming in after this little bluegill. And so my dad said, we're going to, we're going to hook this bluegill and toss it back out there um, and see if we can catch those bass. And I, you know, didn't argue. So we tossed it out there and my five-year-old brain swears that I saw those bass chasing that bluegill through the air, because when it hit the water, that bobber went under as soon as it hit, and, uh, you know, a short fight later, we brought in a bass that was probably as long as my forearm, uh, which was giant to me, but it was probably 10 inches, <laughs> let's be honest, because I was still tiny. But uh, that that memory has stuck in my brain to this day. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what got me hooked right off the bat there. Well, that's awesome. When did you move to the dark side of fly fishing? Um, it took a while, actually. Um, I grew up, uh, fishing for stock trout. Um, my dad was not a fly fisherman. Um, and, and my grandparents, uh, were, were not really into it either. So I didn't really get introduced to it, uh, right off the bat. I, I spent a lot of time fishing in farm ponds, uh, for largemouth and, uh, and bluegill. Uh, but my parents did get me a beginner's fly fishing book. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but there was lots of pictures. <laughs> I remember that much. And, uh, I got a scientific angler outfit and, um, 
went uh, fishing for largemouth and in those same ponds that I talked about earlier and just used poppers and, and learned to cast and, and catch sunfish and bass off the surface. And so that's, that's when I really uh, started fly fishing, but it, I didn't really, um, you know, fish for trout until I came to Virginia years later. Um, one of my interns um, who loved fishing for brook trout and, and at Ramsey's draft, his name was John Pancake. Uh, he's got a great last name. We used to call him Johnny Waffle. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he took me to Ramsey's draft. And he said, you know, I, he asked me if I fly fished. I said, no, nah, I don't fish, fly fish for trout. That's too hard. I, I just fly fish for bass. And he said, well, it's not that hard. You can catch a brook trout. And I said, all right, well, take me. So he, he took me out to Ramsey's draft. And I remember uh, fishing an Adam's dry fly. And I remember seeing that first take off the surface. And I jerked that four-inch brook trout. <laughs> right out of the water. <laughs> I think I caught him in midair. So that was my first introduction to fly fishing, um, which was a lot later in life than, than most of your guests probably. But, uh, um, I, I get into a lot of, a lot of different things. And so fly fishing is not my sole hobby. Uh, but I do like to get out there and, and fly fish when I can. Yeah, that's great. Who are some folks that mentored you on your fly fishing journey? Well, um, Honestly, uh, Steve Reeser, uh, my boss, uh, he taught me a lot about fly fishing. He's, he's very good at fly fishing. Um, some of the guys at, uh, Mossy Creek fly shop, uh, they're good friends of mine. Um, Colby and Brian and, uh, Shane, uh, those guys are, are just phenomenal at fly fishing. And so, uh, a lot of times, you know, if we, if we fish together, I'll steal their gear and they, they, they tie the fly on and, and help me out. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as, you know, just hunting and fishing in general, my parents were, were, uh, very influential in getting me out there and supporting those hobbies. Uh, my grandparents, uh, were very big into hiking in the outdoors. Um, so much so that in the eighties, they walked across the country. Um, and so, you know, I can still remember, uh, my grandmother allowing me to splash around in creeks, even in the middle of the winter, you know, my boots, my boots frozen. Um, and so the, the addiction to the outdoors and fishing and hunting, uh, is a long tradition in, in my life. So I'm very thankful for those mentors. I've had a lot. Yeah, that's really neat. And, uh, you know, I know professionally, um, you studied fish and wildlife biology. When did that obsession start for you? Early. Um, again, you know, going back to living out in the country, uh, as, as a young kid, um, I was always in the woods, always in the creeks and, uh, my parents just kind of allowed me to explore and, and, uh, catch critters and, and go fishing and hunting. And, um, so I just, for as long as I can remember, you know, I, I wanted to work with wildlife. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted to work with animals. And so that was my goal all through, you know, intermediate school, middle school, high school. Um, and then when it came to picking a school, I ended up going to California university of Pennsylvania. I know it's a strange name, but it's uh, out near Pittsburgh. And I studied, uh, um, just, a, I got a bachelor's degree in biology and, uh, I, I could have kind of gone either way. I, I, you know, I, I studied both fish and wildlife in, in school. 
Um, and so I, I just got as much experience as I could because I knew that I'd need a pretty diverse resume to get something full time. And so, uh, I've trapped deer, you know, I've, I've, uh, worked with federally endangered fox squirrels. Um, but then I've also done a ton of fish work with, you know, riparian restoration work and acid mine drainage work. Um, so I just t- tried to get, uh, after every opportunity I could. And luckily it landed me down here with a full-time job. Uh, with the department. So it it was all worth it. That's great. And how long have you been with the Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries? Um, I've been with them for 15 years. Um, I was really lucky and got a full-time gig right out of college pretty much. And so I've been down in Virginia since 2004, working out of the Verona office um, for 15 years. It's gone by very fast. And I'm, uh, I'm an assistant fisheries biologist with them. Gotcha. And to kind of help our listeners, what uh, what does that mean that you do for the department? Well, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I've got uh, an incredible job, and I'm I'm incredibly fortunate to have it. Um, but my job is, in the most basic sense, is to assist the the district biologist with managing our public resources. So. Our region is Region 4, which encompasses most most of the northern area of Virginia. Um, it's a very large region. We've got two offices that cover it, and, and my office is the Shenandoah Valley District. And so we cover from Winchester straight down the valley between the two mountain ranges down to Lexington. And then, uh, of course, we do Bath and Highland County and Allegheny. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Um, and so every, every public lake, every public river, every public stream, you know, we we're in charge of those, we manage those. Um, but I'm kind of, a um, a chameleon and I like to do lots of different things. And so I'm just as comfortable working at a chronic waste and disease sampling station for white-tailed deer or working in a cave with some of our, uh, bat biologists or working on a fire line with our DGIF fire crew. So I just like to be involved in everything the agency has to offer. And I'm really passionate about about outreach and do a ton of stuff uh, with educational days and um, trying to teach people how to fish and stuff like that. So I get involved with a little bit of everything. That's neat. And I know you also spend a fair amount of time doing electroshocking, too. Yes. Yeah, that that is definitely um, probably 75 percent of what I do. Um, so that's electrofishing is, is the main, uh, sampling technique we use to sample our fish populations. And so, um, at any given time, you know, we'll be out on a lake river or stream, uh, electrofishing to sample the, the fish populations. Yeah. And it's interesting. I have to ask you this, you know, how have you, uh, been able to use the information that you've gained electrofishing to help you with your personal angling? Well, it's cheating, right? So you get to see where all the fish are. So um, it kind of spoils you, honestly, because, you know, there are days when you go out fishing just for fun recreationally and you know the fish are there. You just shocked it, you know, the year before or the month before, but they still won't bite. So uh, you can, unfortunately, I haven't figured out how to force them to bite the end of my line, but uh, it's really helped um, in obviously, you know, locating fish, you know, the, you know, they, they aren't that surprising when you go and shock fish, they're typically in the areas where you think they are. They're in the deeper pools or, or the deeper runs adjacent to a rocky structure or a large woody debris. Um, you know, there's no mystery there, but 
the one advantage that I've really found is uh, time of year changes um, as well as water, water clarity. Uh, for example, uh, the Jackson River tailwaters, you know, has an incredible rainbow trout and brown trout fishery. Um, but the brown, the larger browns can be challenging for anglers to catch. And I remember raft shocking that for the first time and, you know, knowing that, you know, those larger browns typically don't always show up in our sample, uh, when the water is clear and we went out on a higher water day and all those large browns were in the riffles. It was incredible. Um, in, in areas where typically we were catching smaller rainbows and smaller browns, these 20 to 25 inch browns were out there feeding. So it's, um, you get little tips like that, that, that really help you out, um, on a personal level, but also, you know, those, those tips are, are, uh, some that we can pass on to anglers. And, and so it's really helpful, not just for me, but for, uh, the, the other anglers out there as well. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And you had mentioned that you were really passionate about outreach. You know, what are some of the best ways for folks in Virginia to find out about uh, fishing and hunting opportunities in the state? Bar none, uh, the best way is our website. Um, I've been on many websites um, around the country, just, you know, kind of peeking in to see what other states are doing and how they kind of work things as far as online platforms. Um, Our website just went through a revamp today actually it was just launched today and it is stunning it it the main page of our website looks like a national geographic short i mean there's just incredible videography on there um, it's incredibly attractive easy to use um and it i can't say enough about it it's 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 amazing so the website's definitely one to check out um you also want to sign up for notes from the field um which is our uh, subscription that we, we use to, to send out, uh, it's, it's a mailer that we send out to, uh, hunters and anglers in Virginia. Um, and a lot of our, um, up-to-date information gets sent out every Thursday in notes from the field. And it could be anything from an article on, um, fishing for smallmouth in the winter to an update on our conservation police officer canines. Uh, it's all, all sorts of just incredibly diverse information about our agency. So it's a great way to learn more. And then of course, our social media platforms on Instagram, we're at uh, Virginia Wildlife and then at Facebook and YouTube, we're Virginia Department of Game and Millen Fisheries. And so a lot of our outreach materials uh, go out um, to those platforms as well. Well, that's really interesting. What kind of programs does the department have to attract new hunters and anglers? Um. So we offer all sorts of things. Um, I'll, I'll just stick with the, with the anglers uh, because we do offer quite a few different things. Um, the, the one thing that we've really been pushing the past few years as far as staff support um, is the free fishing weekend, which we have the first weekend in June. And so you don't need a license to go out and fish uh, that weekend. And so it's a great opportunity to get anyone involved in fishing, not just young people, but any age, you know, go out and fish. And we have a list of reservoirs that we have staff actually showing up with bait, uh, with rods, with all the tackle you need um, to get you started and to help mentor you to try to catch your first fish. So it's a great program. We just started it last year uh, as far as the staff actually coming out and, and assisting. And so it's really rewarding for us to go out and, and try to catch, help catch you um, your first fish. Um, and so you definitely want to check that out on, on the website. Um, 
we stock tons of trout all over the state. And so it's, it, that's a great way to get, to get someone involved. They're typically not the, the pickiest fish to catch. Um, and, and there's just, there's a lot of trout water, um, that, that people can target, but some of the best waters to take kids fishing are the youth only stock trout waters, which is, um, also a, a fairly new program where we have stretches of rivers or, or impoundments that only, uh, youth, you know, 15 and under can, can fish. That's it. So you don't have, um, any, uh, licensed anglers coming in and, and, uh, snagging the, the fish for, for the kids, you know, before the kids can get after it. So it's a, a new program that we're kind of piloting right now. And they, they seem to be fairly popular. Um, we have kids fishing days, uh, that we partner with local, uh, certain localities, uh, they'll sponsor them and we'll come and stock and, and close down the, uh, close down the stream the, the day before. Um, and then one of my favorite is the pre-announced stockings. Uh, more and more we're, we're finding that people want to plan out their trips, you know, to go fishing. And so with these pre-announced trout stockings, um, they're already on the calendar at the beginning of the year. And so you can, um, grab, uh, you know, grab your kids and, and, and plan a trip, you know, and, and maybe, uh, add camping to the mix. Um, and so those have been pretty popular as well. So lots of different stuff. We also have a tackle loaner program too. So if you need rods and reels and you're hosting an event for, um, for, for boy scouts or girl scouts or a school event, uh, we'll loan you, uh, rods, reels and, and tackle for that event for free. It's, it's a free, uh, free loaner program. So all that's, all that's available on our website. That's great. And, you know, we met at the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival and started talking about this new outreach activity that you've um, that you've come up with, the Virginia Trout Slam Challenge. And where did the idea to have a challenge for the state of Virginia come from? Um, it ha- actually kind of goes back to electrofishing, actually. Um, so we we sample many, many trout streams um, during the summer as part of our cold water stream surveys that we do. And a majority of those streams are brook trout streams, but we do have um, numerous wild rainbow trout streams, wild brown tree, wild uh, brown trout streams, um, and you know it's great fun, but um, you know you get tired of seeing brook trout <laughs> every day, and so sometimes when we catch all three species, we call it the trifecta, and we get really excited if we caught all three species on the one stream, and so. Um, the, the idea of catching multiple species in one day is not a brand new idea. Other States do this as well. I I believe there's a a cut slam out West. Um, but we wanted to use this opportunity to celebrate some of our unique fisheries that we have in Virginia. Um, and then just offer something new to anglers. So we came up with the Virginia trout slam challenge, which challenges anglers to catch all three species, the brook, brown, and rainbow in the same day. And so, um, that was, that was kind of the basis of it. And then we, we kind of came up with a marketing strategy and a logo. Uh, we got, um, funding from Mass Nut and Trout Unlimited for the logo and an excellent artist named Ron Shearer, who is local, um, designed it and it's awesome. And we have, we, we've made up uh, a bunch of stickers for it, um, for anglers that complete the slam. Well, that's great. And how does an angler participate in the challenge? Well, um, the the challenge will begin uh, February 28th. 
that's uh, that's the official launch and um our website will launch that day which has pre-planned trips um so we're not just going to say you know go catch three fish good luck um we've got some awesome streams that i think some anglers um may have never fished before so just the opportunity to get out on some new water will be great um and a lot of the the trips we tried to you know pair up streams because we don't have we don't often have one stream with all three species and so you're allowed to go to you're allowed to stream hop or even lake hop if you need to uh for example then in rockbridge you can catch the rainbow and the brown in the buffalo creek special regulation area um and then you have to go to strasburg reservoir to get the brook trout so you're even crossing over into different water bodies as well and water body types um so it's it's a unique challenge um and so uh once you complete the slam, which it, the, the size does, does not matter for, for these, this particular challenge, it's just the species itself. Um, once you complete the slam, you take a picture of each fish, uh, and then you can use your Go Outdoors Virginia app or go on our website, um, and you can uh, basically go into the, uh, the licensing section of the website, and uh, you add the, the trout slam to your cart, and there's a small... Uh, small handling fee. Um, and then you submit your pictures and your form, and then we'll mail you, uh, that celebratory sticker that, so that you can uh, brag to your friends that you completed the slam. And it's a, a nice thing for, for, for people to do. So it's, uh, I'm excited about it. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. People are excited about it. Yeah, that's great. So it's going to launch at the end of February. And, you know, I don't live in Virginia anymore. I grew up there. You know, what are the trout seasons in Virginia? So folks know, you know, how long they have to get out and uh, make the challenge work for them. That's the beauty of it. Trout season never ends. (laughs) It's just all season long. Our stock season, uh, which stock trout do count towards the slam as well. You can do wild or stock. Um, But our stock trout, you know, season is October 1st um uh through uh the end of may um and then we we kind of we pretty much wrap up stocking at that point and then june 15th is uh is the the last day um but then you can continue to fish throughout the summer for for trout so any time of year um you know a lot of our stock streams hold fish well into the early summer months uh, especially if it's a cooler summer or a wetter summer um, so there are opportunities to continue to fish some of the, that public water. Um, and then of course you can, you can fish your wild trout as long as there's water in the streams. You know, our, our streams do tend to dry out a little bit, you know, in August and September. Um, and then the, you know, the spawn starts for some of the species in the fall. So it can be a little tricky that time of year, but, uh, yeah, you can go after it whenever you want. Got it. And I assume anywhere that there's trout in the water that you can legally access in the state of Virginia is open to the challenge? That's right. Yeah. We have a great interactive map on our website that you can use to help kind of plot your, your trip. Um, it has all the stocked, um, and wild, uh, trout populations, uh, in Virginia. Um, not all of those sections are, are easily accessible and, and there are some private lands that prohibit you from getting to every stream. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, most people are pretty willing to allow anglers to fish, um, uh, on private land if you just, um, act accordingly and, and ask permission and stuff like that. So there's a lots of public water out there for people to, to target it. 
Yeah, that's great. And uh, do you have a URL that we can point folks to to get more information about the challenge? Sure. Um, easiest way to, to find it is just go to our website. There's a great search option at the very top of the website, and you just type in Virginia Trout Slam, and it'll take you right to it. It's really easy. Well, that's great. Well, before I let you go, why don't you uh, you share with us your favorite places to hunt and fish in the state of Virginia? Sure. Uh, I've got a couple. Um, I love to, uh, to fish in the Laurel Fork. Um, it's, it's a different world out there. Um, just unique habitats. It, it reminds me of, of almost like fishing in Maine, maybe. Um, just, it's just, it's so far out there in Highland County, you really get away from, from it all. Um, probably more than anything else, I like to fish for muskie and I love fishing on the James river. It's a gorgeous river. Uh, the upper James is one of my favorite places to fish. Um, and then for smallmouth bass, um, even though it, it's had its problems, um, with, with fish health issues. I love the Shenandoah river. It's, it's our, it's our home river and, uh, it's, it's, it's close to the house. So it's, it's great to run out and, and fish the Shenandoah for smallmouth and muskie. Well, that's great. Yeah. I love muskie fishing and I love, I usually come back every summer and, uh, and fish for smallmouth in Virginia and, uh, get reacquainted with the heat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely a little toasty up here at times. Yeah. For sure. And it is not a dry heat folks. Nope, <laughs> definitely not. Well, are there any other things going on uh, in the uh, Virginia hunting and fishing scene that you want to share with our listeners? Absolutely, yeah. The uh, we've we've have we have a new membership program with our agency called the Restore the Wild membership, and it's uh, it's on the main page of our website now as as we speak, um, and it's really unique. You know, we we uh, as an agency, hunting and fishing license sales aren't uh, aren't going up, <laughs> you know, there's less, less interest in hunting and fishing. And we're trying to rectify that the best way we can, but we're finding that a lot of people uh, are very interested in conservation and don't know how much conservation that our agency really does. Uh, we're one of the largest landowners in the state and we manage a lot of land and a lot of water. Uh, and so to, um, to help uh, members of the public who don't necessarily hunt or fish feel like they have a voice and have, uh, and can help our agency can continue to conserve these unique habitats. Uh, we created this restore the wild membership, uh, where you can, uh, lock in, uh, a yearly membership and there's different levels. Um, there's a hummingbird, bluebird, and golden eagle, and, uh, you can, um, get trips to the wildlife management areas, calendars, wildlife magazine, and, uh, all that fun stuff. But the really cool part is that your your dollars are going directly to conservation projects, literal habitat restoration projects on the ground. You're making a difference. Um, and so um, that's a neat program that, that our agency has started. But um, bottom line is if you really want to help our agency out, regardless of if you hunt or fish, buy a, a hunting or fishing license. Um, that's that's the best bang for, for our buck as far as getting uh, federal dollars as well as um, uh, licensed dollars as well. So, um, yeah, we, our agency does a lot of amazing things, and, uh, and everyone can be a part of it.
Well, that's great. And I'll drop a link to Restore the Wild in the show notes. And before I let you go this evening, Jason, why don't you let folks know uh, where they can find the department on the internet and uh, maybe how to reach you if they have a question um, about fishing in Virginia or hunting in Virginia or more specifically about Region 4? Sure. Um, Our agency is at dgif.virginia.gov. Uh, that's our website. And then at Virginia wildlife is our Instagram handle and then department of game, Nill and fisheries on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, and that's probably the best place to get updates as far as, you know, the videos that I, that I do and just updates in general from the department. Um, we're, we're going to be posting a lot of stuff about the trout slam, um, coming up um, on Facebook, on Instagram and, and on YouTube. And so there'll be a lot of stuff coming out there. Um, if people have, uh, direct questions, they can email me at, uh, J A S O N dot H A L L A C H E R at D G I F dot Virginia dot gov. The long one. Uh, there you go. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time this evening to, uh, to share the, uh, the trout slam challenge with me and our listeners. And I hope it's a great success. Well, thanks for having me, Marvin. It's been fun, and I appreciate you help us get the word out about the Trout Slam. Thank you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend and leave us a review in iTunes. Tight lines, everybody. Mm-hmm.